So keep it locked. The Grow From Your Heart podcast starts now. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 810 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. Once again, I've got a great show lined up for us. In this episode, I'm going to give away free Irie Genetics premium seeds. Hang out. We'll talk more about the free seeds later in this episode. I don't want to waste too much time. Let's jump right into the question and answer portion of this podcast. This question came from my friend Anthony. It did come from the Grow Help tab on the Irie Genetics website. Go to the Irie Genetics website at iriegenetics.com. There's a tab on the top that says Grow Help or Grow Questions. Click on there. Send me your questions. This one came from Anthony, and it goes just like this. It says, Hey, Rasta Jeff, in pheno hunting, is it best to naturally see how the plants develop simultaneously, organically mixed out with other stresses, or is it best to push them to their fullest potential with salt and stress and maximize their capabilities or both and or why? That is a lot of question in there. There's a lot to think about in that question. This is a lot of fun. So let me break this down. We're going to start from the beginning and answer this step by step and talk a lot about this question. This one's very fun for me. Uh, in pheno hunting, what's a pheno hunt? That is when we get an amount of seeds, a population. It could be five, it could be 10, it could be 100, it could be 100,000, anywhere in between there. Uh, that is when we are running a population of seeds and looking for the phenotype, which is most desirable for our situation. If you've got a commercial grow, if you've got a home grow, if you've got a big space, a small space, indoors, outdoors, your phenotype selection may be a little bit different. Maybe you want the one that tastes a lot like strawberry. Maybe you want the one that tastes a lot like mango. Maybe you want the one that grows taller. Maybe you want the one that grew real wide and short. That's your phenotypical selection that you're looking for. The variation that you will see amongst the pack will vary uh, based on the, uh, the plants that you're growing. Uh, if you're growing something like an F1, you may see a lot of variation. If you're growing an F2, you'll see a lot more. Within the F3, it may start tapering off. It may be even more wild, depending on what the breeder did. But that is going to be a pheno hunt. When you're running a pack of seeds and looking for the specific plant within that package, within that population to meet your needs, a pheno hunt. Let's find the phenotype for my garden, for my specific needs. So that's a pheno hunt. When pheno hunting, is it best? to naturally see how the plants develop simultaneously, organically maxed out with other stresses, or best to push them to their fullest potential. Okay, so if I'm running a pheno hunt, if I'm looking for a specific phenotype, first of all, I'll probably run all of these seeds exactly the same on their first run. I've got just like a basic nutrient mix, a uh, small little tester grow area. I would put all of the seedlings in that run uh, in that first little room, kind of like the casting couch. Uh, the auditioning process. Before I put them into a great big room and see what they do, I do a small pheno hunt in a small room. So I would run everybody in the same conditions. That way I can see what they do under just normal conditions. If you normally grow organics, grow them organically. If you normally grow with bottled nutrients, grow them with bottled nutrients. If you normally do it hydroponically, do it hydroponically. If your regular routine is to do it in cocoa with perlite and new millennium nutrients and a, a gravity fed drip system, do that because that's what we need to find the plant that works the best in the system, which we are working with. 
Uh, you've got to find the plant that's going to perform in your system. So why not run it, run it in the system? So that's the way I do it. I run them all the same in a very basic system. Then I will make my phenotype selection. Then once I've made that selection, I will grow it a couple of times in very similar conditions and take a lot of notes. And then I will start adjusting it based on what I see could be possible. Does it need more? Does it need less of something, of anything? Can I push something a little bit harder? Would something make it a little bit happier? Do I start noticing that right at week six, it really starts to beef up. So maybe at week five, I could start feeding it a little bit more. That way I could beef it up a little bit heavier. Maybe I noticed that if I overfeed it at week seven, it starts to turn yellow and stops eating. Maybe I'll stop overfeeding it so much. Learn that plant and then adjust to that after you found your phenotype. So you're saying in pheno hunting, uh, is it best to naturally see how they develop simultaneously? Yes, I do the same thing to all of them. Uh, then you say uh, organically maxed out with other stresses or best to push them. No, I don't push them uh, very super hard until I actually have made a phenotypical selection. I kind of run just a basic mix. I've got a real good new millennium balanced mix that I know uh, works for just about every plant. I will run all of the plants in that under the basic lighting system that I've got. And sometimes my basic lighting system changes. Sometimes I've got different ideas. Sometimes it changes uh, seasonally. In the winter, of course, I hang up uh, an HPS light. I don't want to put a heater in the room. I just put up an HPS and add a few more plants under that. In the summer, it's way too hot. I couldn't run that thing right now. It roasts the entire room. So the HPS just comes down in the summertime. I make a few adjustments like that, but I really don't change a lot. But also I do what I'm going to do to them in the future. If I plan on topping them, if I plan on lollipopping them, if I'm going to spread them out, if I'm going to scrog them, if I'm going to just see of green them as little tiny plants, I do that to the whole run. And if that's gonna be my plan for the future for these plants, then that's what I'm going to do in the starter run. Because I wanna know what I'm going to get when I put this plant in the big room, so I wanna know what to expect. It's got to be able to handle my basic nutrient feed, then I can work from there. If it can take my basic, just my basic feed, my basic nutrition, I know how to boost it uh, from there and make it even better. If it can handle my pesticide regimen, if it can handle my lighting schedule, if it can handle uh, being lollipopped way far up the way that I like to do it, and then have a lot of the little sucker branches taken off and a lot of popping and twisting and bending it over and putting it into a scrog, can it handle that sort of stuff? That's the phenotype, uh, the pheno hunt that I am going to give it. So if it can handle all of that stuff, I need to find that out in the first run before I go put it into a bigger room. So I think what I'm trying to say is run the pheno hunt just like you're going to run your main run. If you're going to top it, top it. If you're going to scrog it out, scrog it out. That way we can find the plant that works the best in that situation. Of course, that is if you've got time, space, room, all of the necessities to run a big pheno hunt and do all of those things to those plants. Oftentimes, uh, we may get the phrase pheno hunt and testers mixed up because I do them differently, but sometimes it happens very similarly. Sometimes I'll be doing a test run and find a phenotype that is fucking magical in there. So sometimes they look similar, but they are actually different uh, projects with different goals. A test batch, I'm just seeing what we have. Did I hit my goal? Do we have any problems? Uh, what do they look like? What did we create? With a pheno hunt, those have been tested. We know that those have been narrowed down to where they're going to be acceptable quality seeds. Uh, then we just have to find that works, find the one that works the best for our needs. A lot of times I can do that by running a small plant and finding something that I like, but it is much better. And I do recommend to uh, manipulate it. However, you're going to manipulate that plant in your big room. I guess I would say train how you're going to go to battle or practice with the drumsticks you're going to play with at 
the gig is what I think I'm trying to say. All right, my buddy Anthony, he does wrap it up with a couple of other things here, uh, sort of some private stuff to me. And then he says, thank you for keeping me safe. Wraps it up with the word peace. My dude, Anthony, thank you for the great message. I do realize you come from Prohibition land. So if you have any more questions, please do reach out. Also, if you would like a free pack of seeds or a free t-shirt, please do send me your shipping information. Uh, if you want a t-shirt, let me know what size. I do understand you're in Prohibition land there. You may not be able to rock the t-shirts with pride. It may be better if I send you seeds. I'm not sure which one you would like. Let me know, my dude. We will get you taken care of. I look forward to the reply. Let's keep moving, you guys. I'm super rambly. We got a good flow going on here. Let's move into the next message. Of course, this one also did come from the Grow Help tab at iriegenetics.com. This one came from our friend New York Green. Shout out to all of our friends out there in New York enjoying and supporting cannabis legalization. Um, New York is killing it, you guys. A lot of things are taking off out there. Uh, a lot of people out there to make a lot of cool things happen. Uh, this one is a general grow question, and it says, What's up, Rasta Jeff? What's up, bro? I'm chilling out doing a podcast with my friends. I hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you for watching, listening. If you're watching out there on YouTube, please do click like on the YouTube video. Also click that subscribe button. That just takes you a second. It does help me out quite a bit. Thank you for the opportunity for the shameless advertising. It says, I just want to start off by saying thank you for all that you do for the community. I'm currently running Sunkiss for the first time. I'm in late veg and I will be, all right, let me back up because I just glazed right over. Uh, thanks for all I do for the community. Thank you, brother. You are very welcome. Thank you for noticing. Thank you for the great compliments, but thank you. I do appreciate the, uh, the words of encouragement and the positive influence and the words of affirmation. Those do go a long way. So thank you for noticing uh, that I'm putting in some work for you guys. It goes on though. It says, Rasta Jeff, I am currently running Sunkiss for the first time. That is a great plant. You will enjoy it. It says, I am late in veg and I will be flipping them here shortly. All right. That sounds like fun. My question is, when would the best time be to start implementing the flower nutrients? I know I shouldn't start them until they have been flipped, but about how many weeks after the flip? I've read so many different answers on the internet. Yes, the internet is wild. That's what part of what inspired this podcast is I would read all of the crazy answers that people gave you uh, for this simple question and my head would explode and I would like to uh, bash my head against the wall and drive my car to each one of these people's houses and ask them why they wrote what they wrote. And I, it just drove me crazy. So yeah, I tried to filter out all the bullshit for you and give you solid answers is what inspired me to do this podcast. So uh, where were we? There's more. I know it is right here. I appreciate any insight you may have and maybe any tips you might have for my first run with Sunkiss. Uh, thanks in advance from New York Green. Stay iry, bro. Always iry, forever iry. Can't stop, won't stop. Thank you. Uh, tips for Sunkiss. Yes. Um, you guys, there are 800 episodes of the Grow From Your Heart podcast available. One of those episodes is titled Sunkiss. So if you search the word Sunkiss and Grow From Your Heart podcast on YouTube, it will bring up a full uh, somewhere between 30 and 40 minute episode all about growing Sunkiss. It will tell you so much. So I recommend checking out that podcast, not just to blow you off, but I already did it. And it seems like a lot of people uh, don't realize there are a lot of old episodes. So uh, go check out the back catalog while you're here, while you're subscribing. Uh, go see some of the older stuff that we put out a long time ago. Uh, we've been doing this for 800 episodes, quite a few years. Go check out that. But there's an old episode. Now, the question, when would you start implementing flowering nutrients? That's a very good question. Uh, there are a couple of options for this. You can start uh, day one, the day that you flip that plant into flower, you could just set that veg bottle right over there and bring that flowering bottle over, start using that. You are now officially in flower. You are using your flowering nutrients. 
or you could gradually taper it off. You could uh, phase out that uh, whatever. So if you're feeding, I don't know how much, I don't know the amounts, but I would say 100 because it's easier to keep track. If you're feeding 100 mils while you're in veg, maybe drop it to 50 mils, 50 milliliters of your veg and 50 milliliters of bloom for a week and then cut out that veg and go 100% all the way onto the bloom nutrients. Uh, or you could phase it out as long or slowly as you would like. I would recommend over the first two weeks. I wouldn't go longer than two weeks. That's as long as you need to taper that process off. Uh, some strains, some cultivars do need a little bit more nitrogen to get them all the way through the flowering process. So it's not a bad idea to keep that uh, vegetative nutrient going, get a little bit more nitrogen into there. Some plants, however, some OG Kush type cultivars, uh, dog walker uh, specifically does not like too much nitrogen a little bit early into the flowering phase. You got to cut that one out a little bit earlier, but that's just some strains, dog walker, some of the cushier type stuff. It just won't let it stack up properly. Sometimes it does what I call the stairway or the spiral staircase. Your buds should stack and then stack and then just stack up. But sometimes it'll make just a little rock nugget and then right around the pole of the stem, it'll make a little another one. And then right around the pole, make another one. It'll like spiral up the stick, uh, up the stalk of the plant instead of making a big bud like it should. That could be from overfeeding nitrogen uh, too much into the flowering phase. But if you fade out, phase out that nitrogen within the first two weeks, you will be just fine. So if you're growing something from my lineup, a golden goat cross and a rise cross, maybe even the afterglow crosses, I would recommend possibly keeping some of that nitrogen in there at least the first week of the flowering phase while you're feeding because the plants I make uh, are super hungry. They are hyper vigorous. They do eat a lot and they do go nine to 10, maybe even uh, a little bit longer than 10 weeks in some cases. So those plants may need that nitrogen. Your plant is going to eat most of the nitrogen uh, early on in the flowering phase and it's going to store it up in the vegetative phase. So you need to get that in there early. Once it starts fading, once the nitrogen is too low, it's hard to catch up. We're calling it chasing is what we call it when you can't get enough nitrogen in there. Let me take a look at my notes, uh, see what else we could tell you. Uh, I would, you can either just cut it off right at day one when you flip the light uh, to 12-12, that is day one of flower, and you can also flip to your flowering nutrients, or you can take up to two weeks and slowly, gradually uh, replace them as you feel necessary. So this is going to be plant specific. You do have the option to either just cut it off at day one, or like I keep saying, you can taper it off over a week or a two week process. If you do the taper off, just make sure that you're doing like whatever percentage of one and the percentage of the other bottle and work from 100% this way to 100% this way. Use the sliding scale, do the math as long as it takes as much percentage as it does take. You maybe just go in quarters, replace it, go like 25% flowering newts, 50%, 75, then 100% flowering newts over the course of a week or two. That'll get you there beautifully. All right, I think I've rambled on enough about this one. My friend, New York Green, since I read your question here on the podcast, that does mean that you win a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. Please do send me your address so I can send you a free pack of seeds. When you do send me that shipping address, please include a real name that I can put on the box or at least a, a legit looking name I can put on the box. I don't want to put New York Green on there. No offense, that's just what I'm using for now. If anybody else out there wins free seeds from me, please do put a real name in the email so that I can send you your seeds and not have to send it to Weed Smoker 5000 and Ganja Farmer 420. Just makes me uncomfortable when I go to the post office and the lady scans the box and looks at it and goes, Ganja Farmer 420, huh? And then sets it down and scans the next box. Stoner Dave 5000, huh? Sets it down and like she sees a theme and I don't want them to get any ideas. You know what I'm saying? So let's just send a real name. Now there's no need to kill the momentum. Let's keep the party moving. I do have another great message here in front of me. 
This one also came from the Grow Help tab on the Irie Genetics website. This one came from a person called Pineapple Longtooth. Big shout out to Pineapple Longtooth for the great question. We've got a breeding question this time, and it goes a little bit like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff. I'm a longtime listener, and I owe parts of my growing success to you. You don't owe me anything, bro. This was enough. We are even now. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the question. Now all you got to do is grow the best you can. Make me proud. All right, it goes on. It says, I'm now looking to do some breeding. Yes, I'm glad I've inspired you to do some breeding. It says, I have identified which male I want to use. I'm now curious on when to pollinate. That is a very good question. Uh, the next part of the question is, would you suggest flipping the male and the females at the same time, or would you stagger the flowering? That is a very good question. I've got a very long, drawn-out answer. We'll get to that. Don't worry. It says, I would like to chop the male down after he drops pollen, and I have collected some as well. Is there another time I should pollinate the females again? Thank you for all your help and work with the podcast. Your information has helped so many, and I consistently re-listen to shows for the information. Thanks again, your pal Pineapple Longtooth Pineapple. That is a great message, my dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you're listening to the podcast multiple times. I'm glad you're learning. I'm glad you are breeding. Now let's answer some of these breeding specific questions. The first part of the question is what I stagger the flowering of the male and female plant for a breeding project. In an ideal world, if you're trying to make a lot of fuck ton of seeds, if you're trying to sell them, yes, you would want to learn the staggering time of these plants. It would be better. Uh, you just make more seeds, to be honest with you. But, but if you can't do that, they will work perfectly fine. If you put the male and females in the room all at the same time, guess what will happen? You will make a bunch of seeds. The only difference will be you could make a lot more seed if you time it better. The only reason I stress on timing it differently is because I make seeds for commercial production. I want to make as many as I can because, of course, I want to get them out there. I want to sell them. That is my product. If you're making seeds for yourself, you will make plenty of seeds if you just throw them all in there at the same time. Now let's talk about your options here. If you do want to stagger them, I would get the male pollinating. You want him making a big fat cloud of pollen when your female plants have big fat ripe pistols. Those dandelion looking flowery things popping up on your plants, those are what's going to get pollinated. You want as much of that as possible on that plant. You want them as healthy as possible on that plant. This could happen anywhere between somewhere around approximately day 23 to day 32. It could be a little earlier. It could be a little later. I want to say day 23 to day 32. This just depends on the female plant. I've got two plants that I like to use as examples in this occurrence quite often. I have got a strawberry fields plant, which makes strawberry starburst. It also makes the red pill. It also made Raphael. It makes a few other things coming up. Uh, there's Jack the Ripper across to the strawberry fields. We'll talk more about that in the future. Um, then also, I've got the platinum tangy. That's what makes the orange gasm. That's what makes the sun kiss. There's a lot of stuff that came from the platinum tangy. Uh, the Michelangelo came from that one. They're awesome, amazing plants. They both make a lot of great seeds. They both, be, both make a lot of great crosses. But I have to time them completely differently in the breeding room if I want to maximize their seed potential. Uh, the platinum tangy plant will accept pollen much earlier. When I put the platinum tangy plant into flower, I only have to wait three, maybe three and a half weeks before I pollinate that plant. The strawberry fields plant, that plant needs at least four, maybe five weeks before it's fully ready for pollen. And then they create the same amount of seeds. 
So now I have learned to put that strawberry fields plant into the flowering room a week, 10 days, maybe two weeks ahead of the platinum tangy plant if I want them both to receive pollen at the ideal time. Also, I would start flowering the male plant just a little bit early, maybe a week or 10 days earlier than everybody else. If you can keep him away from everybody, if you can keep him from pollinating everybody else, get that pollen going in there so he's building up a big load of pollen. Then when all the females are ready, take uh, I would take him in there if you can. Take the top in there. It just depends on what your situation is. Get the top off that plant. Get that plant. Get it in there and pollinate. Maybe take off the top. Let, leave the rest of the plant. Let it build up more pollen. Chop down the rest of the plant. You asked another part, should I pollinate a second time? Yes. Uh, five to 10 days later, pollinate again. Don't wait too long. Maybe five to seven days later, pollinate again, about a week. I generally do it a week apart. That way the plant can build up more pollen, a few more pistils. Or what didn't get pollinated will receive some more pollen. Go in there and smack it around. So wait until your female plants are all ready for the pollen. Get your male plant in there. Give them a good shake. Get that pollen in there. Cut them if you need to. Get parts of the pollen moving around. Do whatever you need to do to fully pollinate that room. Get all of the females. Get every pistil. Let that male plant build up another load for about seven days. Then at this point, you can cut him down and carry him and touch each plant with him and get that pollen everywhere. You're going to make a mess. Now clean up the room. That is the worst part of pollen is that it's fucking everywhere and it tastes like shit and it sucks to clean up. But that is breeder life, so do that. Then once you've got everything cleaned up, you've done your second pollination, that's when you can decide if you want to run those lights on your regular 12-12 or if you want to do research and watch my 18-6 after pollination video where I talk about changing the light cycle. All right, let me check in on this, see if I've covered all of your questions. When to pollinate? Um, I would pollinate when the pistils are the ripest. That's going to depend on a lot of different things, the cultivar, the room, the environment, the feed, the lights. Uh, the VPD will make a big difference on that. What you've sprayed them, try not to spray anything if you can. That's going to make a, a big difference. Um, would you suggest flipping the male and females at the same time? If you've got a perfect world, I would flip the male seven to 10 days ahead, maybe two weeks ahead of everybody, then start flipping the females as you know that they go into the room with their flowering routine. Uh, then I would, Paul, there's more. Let me stay on track. Would you stagger the flowering? Yes, if you can. But if not, it's all going to work out. Have no fear. Uh, people want to make breeding too hard. Put them in there and let them fuck. It's going to happen, dude. Kids have babies all the time. Plants have babies all the time. Animals have babies all the time. Nature wants babies to happen. Creation is all of the world's whole purpose. Everything just wants to breed and make more. Put those plants in there and don't watch them. Let them have some dark time. They'll do the thing, bro. Don't worry. There is more, though. It says, I would like to chop down the mail. Um, after I've collected some, I'm sure I've done a pollen collection episode. Is there another time? Yes, about a week after the first pollination. Now, I do think I have covered all of this, which means my friend Pineapple Longtooth, you win a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. So once again, please do send me your shipping address. I'm not sure if I would want to ship it to Pineapple Longtooth, but if that's what I got to do, I'll put that name on the box. Everybody else out there, if you won free seeds, once again, please do send me your name and your shipping address. I'd love to get you a free pack of Irie Genetics premium seeds. If I did not read your question on this episode, please do not feel uh, ignored, rejected, uh, discouraged. Keep sending me questions or keep listening. I may read your question on the next episode. If you have not already sent in your grow question, please go to iregenetics.com. Click on that grow help tab, fill out the grow questionnaire, send me your question. Maybe I'll read your question on an upcoming episode. That is all I've got for you for this episode. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would definitely love to hear from you. The email address for that part is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your feedback, your constructive criticism, 
Or like I said before, if you've got some hate mail, go ahead and send that my way. Maybe we'll make some adjustments, but probably not. Make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Stay updated on Patreon for coupon codes, uh, early alerts on drops, and exclusive offers on iRedirect.com. Anything else you could possibly need will be at my website, iRedGenetics.com. There's a link to iRedirect so you can get the seeds. There's a link to the Discord server so you can join us and hang out. Come on, you guys. Join the Discord server. Come hang out in the Smoker's Lounge. I'm over there taking dabs. Billy Bong is over there taking dabs. Miss Blue Kiss is over there taking dabs. There's a lot of great people. Trey KDGC may even be over there taking dabs. Who knows who you might run into at the Irie Army Discord. Uh, what's it called? The Smoker's Lounge Video Chat. That's a lot of words. It's not that hard to find it, you guys. There will be a link in the bio and in the video description and in the show notes. I said link in the bio. I'm so used to that. Not even going to edit that out. All right, go join the Discord, you guys. I look forward to seeing you there in the Smoker's Lounge. I've got to wrap up this show. I don't know if I'm having a stroke or if I just can't figure out how to talk anymore. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be okay. Check on me next week, you guys. See how it went. I'm going to give a big shout out to my buddy Norton Smokes Too Much. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Big up yourself every time, Rusty Jeff. for me.